0: Listen the show to get those great weather updates just in case you hadn't looked let's bring in gentry estes fine columnist for the tennessee and he now joins us gentry how we doing
1: i'm good good to be with you guys thanks
0: for doing this speaking of sunshine you know if you have a nice if you have good weather and sunshine you could also have a nice yard i'm still working on that i tend to fail at a nice yard nice green grass which apparently isn't going to be the case at Nissan Stadium much longer because they have decided to go to turf, synthetic grass. How surprised were you at this news?
1: Uh, pretty surprised. I guess I didn't see that coming. Um, I guess when you look at, at it from the standpoint of, you know, Nissan's days are numbered, uh, they're going to be going to turf in the new stadium, supposedly, so. I guess it made sense from from that perspective but uh I mean pretty pretty surprising I I didn't there wasn't a, there didn't seem to be a real reason other than what the team said which is they felt like the the grass at Nissan wasn't wasn't up to par.
0: I'm just well wow. I'm just confused on who to believe because this is not a new topic. This is a topic that's been going around you know for for decades and I get it. The synthetic turf before, the artificial turf was what we called it back in the day, sucked. Okay, It was awful. It was basically green stuff, that they, green carpeting that they rolled out over a parking lot and told them to play football games on. It wasn't good. Okay, But we've come a long way since then. But yet the players tell you they want to play on grass. They, they say they get they still get hurt even with the new technology. But yet the Titans really took a different approach, and they're like, yeah, we feel like this is going to cut down on our injuries, which was really interesting to hear because that's the narrative for a good while now has been, man, it's just you got to play on grass. You know, the the synthetic turf is still, you know, a direct result of a lot of injuries in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you – if you were to talk to players, I mean, I, I still think the the general consensus is they would rather play on grass, and the turf is just less forgiving, and uh, you know, just just harder on the body in general, but also in terms of injuries. I, I think I was it was fascinating to me to see the, the Titans basically say their reason in doing this was was to help limit injuries, and I, you know, look if they really believe that. And you look at what's happened with this team the last couple of years, and, and I think the, the injuries it has been ridiculous to, to a point that I'm not sure that the team fully grasped exactly why that's happened. And, and they're trying to look for ways to fix it. If, if they believe this is a way to fix it, then, then God bless them, go do it. Um, but to, to me, I, I think you, you, you kind of go back to the fact that turf is cheaper. It's, it's easier to maintain. And uh, I, I I think that's why you you've seen some other cities do this. Uh, Charlotte, most notably, uh, went away from it recently. Uh, at the same time that they brought in an MLS team to kind of you know stop the the wear and tear, uh, Nashville had an MLS team play in Nissan uh, for a couple of years without switching over to turf. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that's also an aspect of this that I mentioned in a column that, that hasn't really been brought up much, but it, it could hurt the city's ability to get uh, U.S. soccer games here for the next few years. U.S. soccer has always liked coming to Nissan. They, uh, they always seem to, to play big games, qualifiers, certain things. The Mexican national team played there recently. So, uh, you know, from a soccer standpoint, it, it makes Nissan a lot less desirable.
0: Well, I think even, and help me with this, Justin, we've had Butch Spirited on mm-hmm. a lot on the show and, and here recently. I know World Cup, He, I'm pretty sure he said they won't even play Right. They have you have to have a grass surface, or they won't play at your venue. Did that, he not that, say that? He
2: he did express that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that they I think like that, natural ga- uh, grass, but uh, but they, we were out of the running for the World Cup at this point, which I think is part of this move. If we thought the World Cup was still coming here in twenty six, then I'm not sure they would move away from the grass. But it's not coming. Nashville was not selected. So you know, if if we want to do anything soccer related. I've got good news. There's a place not far from here uh, that does have natural grass that is soccer only where yeah. people can play.
0: Yeah, and, and that's – I think that's – I'm asking because Gentry's yeah. – you know, we've had these qualifier games and CONCACAF. We've had these other yeah. no, big soccer events, and they've always played on grass. I do wonder if all of that will completely dry up if they have synthetic turf. I don't know. Something, I guess, to monitor.
1: Well, and I, I think – it. With the new stadium, that was probably—I mean—that was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, so it does make some sense to, to go to Geotis, even though it's it's about you know half half the size in terms of capacity. But uh, I, I don't think that's too far fetched. I think U.S. Soccer would still want to do that. Uh, the, the women's national teams play in there here in the next few weeks. So I, you know, I I think that's probably how that'll go, um, but. You know, it's 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 it. They've had some some good games there, the qualifier games, things like that. The you know there there's several you know tournaments and and then the lead up to the World Cups that the U.S. is going to host in 26. There'll be some some really good games because every team in the world is going to come prepare over here. Uh, so it'll be interesting
0: to see. The NFL has put out that injuries were down 5.6 percent this past season, but concussions were up 18 percent. We've been talking a lot the last two seasons. You even. Alluded to it, Gentry, that the, the Titans, for whatever reason, have led the league the last two years in injuries, and they really, and we, and we just realized, and we were wondering because they were Mike Vrabel was asked about you know their equipment staff and you know will there be any changes and a guy that, that has been there for a long time, Paul Noska, affectionately known as Haas, they have decided to uh, part ways with him and he's been around. Forever, were you surprised by that
1: i mean yeah i think you have to be I, I don't know the reasoning behind that i wish i knew more about it uh in terms of like why they would want to do that but yeah that's a, certainly an eye-opening move you know a guy who's been around as long as he has with the organization to to, to make that kind of move i'd i mean you got to believe there's a reason I, I don't know what it would be i mean in terms of the injuries i don't really put that on the equipment guy um I, I don't really know how that's related but um you know it'd I mean at, at some point we'd probably get a chance to ask Mike Rabel why he did that
0: what do you think now that Rand Carthon is in place and I know he's they've been doing a lot of work down in Mobile this week and so anytime there's change especially change at the top what are some things this is going to be a very very interesting off season. so where do you Where do you think some things are they're gonna they're gonna tackle because again, anytime you bring in somebody new, you know there's gonna be a lot of change and some of it may be really surprising, right? I mean, do you think you, there could be something where we wake up one morning and it's a oh, wow, that happened?
1: Probably I would say probably, but that's something that I think, regardless of the GM hire. I think that's what happens when you lose seven in a row to end a season. Okay. Uh, you know, everything kind of goes on the table at that point, and they're looking to fix things. It, no, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, they're going into a situation where they're 20-something million over the cap as we sit here right now. Um, you know, so they're, they're going to have to find a way to, to make up some of that space. Now, if you look at what certain guys are making, it kind of makes sense in some cases uh, to to think that they – they could, uh, you know, their, their futures could be in question. I think Taylor LeJuan is certainly one of those um, if, if he still wants to play. Um, you know, maybe a few others here and there on defense, Bud Dupree, Zach Cunningham. Um, you look at Robert Woods' contract on offense. I, I think any of these, I think, yeah, you, you would be surprised to, to, to see it happen, but I think they're going to have to do some things to balance the books a little bit that that might be surprising and i think when you see people mentioning the quarterback position as much as they are i don't think it's dissatisfaction with ryan Tannehill as much as it is how much ryan Tannehill is in line to make they've rolled over his contract so much uh, that, that he's making elite money and you know do the titans have an elite quarterback uh, yeah, that's a good question so i uh, if they, if they're, I, I think a lot of the, the speculation you're seeing about Tannehill, I think nationally maybe the, the perception is, oh, the, the Titans are ready to, to move on. They don't think they have a good enough quarterback. I think it's about money and the, the, because the question to me is, who are you going to get that's any better? But I think you have to factor in the cost in that as well uh, in terms of if you can get, let's say, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for half the cost, then, then I think that's something they'd have to consider. Hmm
2: want to switch gears away from the Titans uh, very quickly here um, because you're a columnist. You cover all sports and you're, you're mindful of everything, uh, even if it's not the Tennessee Titans. And I, w- I just want to ask you about uh, your thoughts about Vanderbilt and their basketball season uh, and losing uh, by, you know, uh, getting 50-piece, essentially, by Alabama earlier this week and, and what that could mean for Jerry Stackhouse's uh, future. and and kind of where you see the program here uh, as a program that doesn't get a lot of headlines, does not get a lot of pub here in this town.
1: Well, I think they'd get more pub if they won. I think there's an apathy that's kind of set in with that program. And mm. I think you've kind of seen it at Memorial this season. And, you know, I, I think in terms of where you see the program, uh, our, our beat writer, Aria Gerson, had a story today where she uh, spoke to Candace Lee about that and uh, Candace spoke out in support of jerry stackhouse Um, so i I would encourage if anyone's really curious about where things stand they they can go read what she said Uh, it's going to be what what she thinks probably more than than anyone else and the best i can tell i I think from the administration standpoint of vanderbilt there's still a lot of support for jerry stackhouse even though i mean clearly it's not going well the last few seasons Even though Vanderbilt hasn't been very good, they've at least improved over the course of the season to where they've been playing their best at the end of the year. They were kind of on that same trajectory this season, got a couple of good wins, Arkansas, Georgia. Mm -hmm. But here in the last week, week and a half, it's really turned on. And they had a really bad performance at home against Kentucky that would have been a huge win for them, quite honestly, because they did have a good crowd that night. And that was one of the games that, that, that their fan base was kind of tuned into. And they just didn't play very well. Um, and, and lost that game, and then now you go to Alabama, and that was uh, just a pretty ugly loss. So, um, you know, I, I think by the time you get to the SEC tournament, usually that's when Vanderbilt's been playing their best. They played well in the SEC tournament last year. They played well in that tournament before. Kind of kind of see where it is, if it's an upward trajectory, because right now it's not very good.
2: Well, yeah, you know, clearly not, and I just wonder, you know, you said – the sort of uh, apathy that has set in around the program, you know, but why is – what is Vanderbilt thinking? In in other words, you know, the administration, all of that, why are they okay with this uh, and what they've seen so far it would seem?
1: I, I, I believe that – look, when you talk to anyone about Jerry Stackhouse in terms of basketball people, other coaches, people in the industry – they're all very complimentary of them, have been for years. Uh, the sets Vanderbilt runs, they, they they feel like Vanderbilt's a well-coached team. Um, you've always heard that. And, and I think Vanderbilt's AD, uh, Candace Lee, is, is, is a former basketball player. She mm-hmm. she knows the sport, she understands the sport, and I think she's kind of looked and seen the same thing uh, for a long time. I think Vanderbilt also likes having, um, you know, a coach like Jerry Stackhouse, who's, who's a name. You know, this is a guy who, who was, was a – very well-respected player uh, in in his day, and I, I think that that's something the university has, has enjoyed having. Um, but the results are going to have to match at some point, and and I feel like this really for the first time uh, since he's been with the program is, is when people are starting to get serious about okay, maybe it's it's time to try someone else because it's just it's just not happening.
2: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the other team in town. That's the Nashville Predators. Uh, going into the All-Star break here, they're a point back of the last playoff spot here. Uh, they, like a lot like the Titans in a way, have gotten, and Darren and I talk about this often, the fact that both organizations over the last 25 years have been very close but have not been able to win the championship, not been able to become the world champions uh, that this city uh, is now, you know, clearly now wanting, clearly every city wants one, but Nashville's never had one here. Uh, talk to me about your perspective and how you see the Predators currently in Nashville's sports landscape.
1: How do I see them in the Nashville sports landscape? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they draw well at their game. Um, I, I feel like I, I would agree, though, that, it's kind of a common thing with a, with a lot of national teams here in recent years. Good, not great, right? You know, barely get in the playoffs, but, but don't seriously contend. And I think the Predators this season have really been kind of a so-so season uh, for them to this point. Now, they've still got a ways to go. And I, and I will say that the three games right before the All-Star break, they, they were playing the best. Uh, they they probably they were, they were trending uh, to a place, that they've been before. Quite honestly, it seems like you know when you have a team that's kind of middling the way they have been the last few years. Yeah, it's bad sometimes, but there's also times it's really, really good to kind of balance things out. And I think the Predators were starting to get to that point where they were they were starting to play better, and it was going to start balancing out. I think the All Star break was coming a great time for them. They they gotten I thought was a really good win over the Devils in that last game right before the break. Uh, they won that game 6-4, to four, and it was the kind of high-scoring shootout kind of win that they, quite honestly, have not been getting. They haven't been scoring enough to win those kind of games. They've been leaning on UC Sorrows pretty much every time. But this was different. This was the kind of game where they were able to, you know, they needed goals on numerous occasions. They overcame deficits, I think, three times. And each time they needed a goal, they were able to get one and, and go ahead and win the game. That's what they haven't been doing. That was an encouraging performance. And, you know, I feel like they're still – the they're still the kind of team that can get hot and get in the playoffs. But the question is, are they a serious contender once they get in there, or are we going to see the same thing we've seen the last few years, which is go lose in the first round? That's what I think we, 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 don't, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, in, you know, from a big-picture standpoint, it goes back to the same conversation we've been having about the Preds now for a while, which is, do you blow it up, or are they a serious contender? And I still, to this day, don't think we have an answer to that question.
2: Wow,. wow. Um, David Poyle, obviously longtime general manager of this, uh, of this hockey organization, the only general manager they've ever had, if if Mr. Poyle walks away from this organization at some point without a Stanley Cup and you know, moves on into, you know this, this uh, moves on to whatever's next here, retires. What does that mean for, for him? What does this mean for the organization? Was he successful? Was he a failure? Like, ultimately, what does that leave if they don't win the cup?
1: Well, I mean, you're not, he's, he's the only GM they've ever had. He's been doing this a very long time. So, no, I, I don't think you would view it as a failure. Um, but clearly, he, he wants to, to win a cup. I mean, he, he knows as much as anyone, I think, involved in that organization. He's invested in wanting to do that. So, I mean... Um, I feel like in Poyle's standpoint, it's not for lack of effort, certainly, but hmm. when you look at that team, there's a lot of you know, guys who are, who are on expensive deals and long-term deals, and I've kind of felt like for a number of years now, there really just wasn't a lot he could do uh, in terms of flexibility with the cap because of some of these deals, and, and they really don't have a choice at this point. But to kind of ride it out and hope that your guys, Forsberg, Duchesne, Johansson, Yossi, these guys play to the level that, that, that they're being paid and that you expect them to play to. And, and I, I don't think that's unique in terms of a, of a GM in and, and, and hockey, where unlike the NFL, you know, hockey, you can't really get out of these deals. And so uh, the question is, is, is it enough? And, you know, for the last few years with the Predators, it, it hasn't been. Uh, again, they've pretty good, not great, and, you know, as we sit here now, it, I, I think we would had this conversation at this point in the season last year, they, they had been playing a lot better, and they kind of went to the finish line, so are they going to, to get hot and improve and be playing well at the right time of year? I think that's the hope.
0: Gentry, we appreciate the visit. Have a great weekend. We'll talk down the road. Thank you, sir.
1: Yeah, you bet. Take care, guys.
0: Gentry Estes, fine columnist for the Tennessean. Well, why-